Welcome back to season 11, episode 14 of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the extraordinary lectures from the Doctors of Experience 2023. My name is Dr. Stefano Bini, and I will be your host for this podcast. In our next episode from the Digital Orthopedics Conference in San Francisco, we will hear from Justin Saliman about outcome predictions through patient-reported outcome measures. Please join me as we welcome Dr. Saliman to the DocSF stage. Thank you. Lovely to be here, really. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about outcome tracking and try to be efficient here. The patient actually holds the most valuable and important data. We have billing records and we have EHR records, we have claims data, and what's really missing here are the things that are in the patient's brain. We're talking about patient-reported outcome measures as part of that. These are the medical literature validated question sets. In orthopedics, we're familiar with the Hoos and Coos Jr. probably the most, but there's literally a way to measure every single condition. And it requires sometimes more than one type of patient reported outcome to make up an assessment of a, that means something to a patient. And I'm not going to get into the details of that, but a combination of promise forms, which you may be familiar with, computer adaptive testing, and the disease-specific measures that have been used historically in the medical literature, together can make a fitness tracker-like experience for the patient that I'll show you. And then the data that's missing from that story and from the rest of it is confounding factor data. If I replace your right hip and six months later you break your right ankle, your function is down and your pain is up, and it looks like you had a bad hip replacement. So I don't want my outcomes tracked. If the patient is, is work comp or personal injury, I don't want that outcome tracked either because it's going to make me look bad, right? If the patient's not compliant with non-weight-bearing status or the sling use, I don't want that outcome tracked, right? You want to track, you just want to be able to gather that data along with the patient-reported outcome data, structure the information, and create an inclusion and exclusion criteria around the data when you're being judged, right? You want it to be done in a way that can't hurt you and can only help you. And so through ASC integrations, all of this can happen in the background. Patient-reported outcome measures done in a way that enhances the patient experience and confounding factor data structured from the patient's brain. Adverse life events and stresses, social determinants of health, laterality. If they have bilateral symptoms and their only status was unilateral surgery, they're never going to be doing as well. So in this brief talk, I'm just going to go through these basic value props for the ASC. The first one we'll talk about is registry submission. Everyone knows about AJRR. This is going to become more and more relevant. And if you want your surgery center to become a center of excellence, and eventually if you want it to be able to do, my guess, at some point during replacements period, you're going to need this. Outcome MD is the company that I'm talking about today. We helped Cedar Sinai get a spine center of excellence. There were 14 reasons why they said they were giving them. They were the seventh in the country, first in California, center of excellence in spine. Five of those 14 reasons were Outcome MD. Like tracking outcomes really does improve outcomes if you're doing it right. Next thing we'll talk about quickly is how this could enhance the patient experience and does enhance patient experience. So turn patient report outcome measures into a fitness tracker-like experience, and all of a sudden you get follow-up data, long-term follow-up data, because it's interesting to them, right? So what we do is we score their symptoms. This is just a symptom score, their shoulder score, made up of the American Shoulder and Elbow Society shoulder score, the Promise Computer Adaptive Test for pain behavior, physical function, and pain interference, all normalized out of 100 and brought together in one number for the patient to keep track of. But you have the theta value from Promise if you want to write a paper. But in the end, the patient is going to follow this one number. So scoring is really important. When they take their follow-up, it looks like this. This is how patients think. Of the improvable range, how much am I going to achieve? 
And so far, they've achieved 61% in this case. If the patient's gotten worse, it animates like this. They're not surprised, they feel worse. And one second later, their phone rings. Why? Because we sent a notification to your staff that you can set up at different thresholds for different conditions. They get a text, they face ID into our iOS app, and they get to see what's going on with this patient. And they can instantly call them or call them with caller ID block. They like to call my patients. They're not texting you a minute later. This really improves care. And it also makes the surgery center patients feel like the surgery center cares. It was initiated before their surgery center, triggered by HSC or SIS integrations or other software integrations. No one's doing anything, but they're reminded to do it before surgery. You get the score before surgery, and then it follows up with them at various time points after surgery. There's no username or password. There's no app to put on the phone. All they do is put in their date of birth. So really seamless. Brand yourself for quality. This is something nobody talks about, but outcome data literally can brand you for quality. What do I mean by that? So besides outcome tracking certified badges and widgets that go on your website, the ASC's website and the provider's website. The ASC website shows all of the great outcomes. Provider's website just shows their great outcomes individually. These can go at the bottom of the website as a ticker or be embedded within the website. There's dark mode, there's light mode, there's even a colorful mode. But the point here is that you're branding yourself for quality, right? This is a doctor's flex. This is our NFT. My kids will Google me and they'll see some narcotic addicted patient crush me online. Feels terrible. And it's not because I wouldn't give them Percocet. They say all sorts of seething things, right? Now my kids Google me and I'm a hero. Only patients who have achieved 50% of their approval range show up on your outcome ticker. But it's all of your great outcomes. Why not celebrate this to everyone? I want to repeat that. Only the patients who have achieved at least 50% of their approval range. Data to improve care. So this is also really important. Dialing in best practices so that you can deliver the best treatments the first time really comes down to having patient reported outcome data. That is how have the patient's symptoms and quality of life changed over time as a result of these treatments and data on confounding factors, plus EHR data, which we pull in, or the practice management software from the surgery center's data, implant data, all of it. You put it all together, you literally can figure out what should be done in the surgery center, what should be done in the hospital. Should we be using Stryker's implant or Smith & Nephew's implant? Should we be using this technique or that technique? And everything starts to make sense. The missing data is the outcome data and the confounding factor data. And without both, it's confusing. And then helping physicians fill their block time. So remember that while we're talking about surgery centers here, that's the physicians who are bringing these cases into the surgery centers. And we are a super emotional group and it's got to resonate with us or we're just not going to adopt it and we're not going to do it. And when we're busier with cases, we fill our block times. Pretty simple. So this is the patient experience when they're getting better. They get to see their improval range. Remember I said the patients who achieve at least 50% of their improval range is a special thing. We did some studies. They love their doctors, okay? They're bringing you a box of chocolates, a bottle of scotch. So when we see 50% improved or more on a follow-up, and remember the patients are taking this because they get a text, and this is post-op. Your previous score is a 23. Let's see how you're doing now. And they just have to be curious, in this case, a 30. So they click it. They put in their date of birth. That's all they have to do, and they're in they measure their follow-up score. So we're getting really high follow-up scores, follow-up compliance. So if they've achieved 50% of their approval range, one second later after they see their score animate, they see this pop-up where they can post their great outcome to their own social media or to the doctor's review sites, whichever ones you choose. So when it goes on the patient's own social media, it looks like this. It always is a cathartic event for the patient. We're showing where they were, where they are. Patients are posting left and right. The average Facebook user has 338 friends. So when one of their friends sees this post and it is clicked, it goes to the doctor's website. 
and always says special thanks to the doctor. This does lead generation and ignites positive word of mouth in your community about your great work. And then if the patient chooses to, instead of post on their own social media, they choose to post on your review sites, we're pushing objective score data into these subjective review sites for the first time in the history of medicine, right? This is a real post. This is a surgery center in LA. My knee symptom score was 20 before surgery and my scores improved to 91 so far. Thank you, Doc Surgery Center and Dr. Kabai. That's reputation management. And then ultimately, we're driving business to the doctors who care enough to track outcomes. It helps us while we feel like we have to focus on patient catering. It would be really nice if focusing on patient care also drove business to us. And the star rating is, if you really want my opinion, I think it was a pretty big mistake for us to go down this road. I mean, it's great for restaurants, but super toxic for healthcare because you need an outcome. You need a cure. You know, you don't need a friend when you go to a doctor. But instead, we hyper-focus on delivering satisfaction. I mean, every patient-doctor interaction has an air of blackmail, right? I mean, they got you. You kind of have to satisfy them. Order the unnecessary MRI when they just sprain their MCL. Because if you don't, your business model's in trouble. So anyway, this goes against that. And what we're doing is we're celebrating the doctors who care enough to track outcomes and showing the data in a way where the doctor wins and can't lose. We also drive keywords in your geography to this site. So if you're not certified, you can get certified. Just track outcomes. If you are certified, you're blown up with business. So this is live in some geographies right now, outcome ratings. The point here is the surgeons at a surgery center that has adopted this tech get way busier for doing the right thing. And you have data to improve care. This is fantastic. So I have a question for you. As an interpreter, you've been doing this for a while. This is not one year, right? Yeah, no, the company was started in 2016. Yeah, 2016. And you had to learn an awful lot. Tell me what your great best insights, like ideas, things that you would tell your younger self, like, by the way, this is the way this works, that you would think. Yeah, no, I think some early focusing, like you have to empathize with what it feels like to be a doctor in order to make things work. If we're saying, look, hey, change behavior, track outcomes, and pay for the privilege of doing so. Good luck getting anyone to do that, right? So every attempt at outcome tracking, it's sort of like with a stick instead of a carrot. So I really think empathizing with a physician is key and then delivering something to the patient that's two things. They'll do it if it's one, interesting to them. And we're gamifying that patient experience way further with all sorts of cool badges and things that just make them want to get better. They have a timeline visualization of care that brings in all the electronic medical record endpoints and plots them on the graph. And the other reason that patients do it is because their physicians are asking them to do it. And when I say that, you don't have to do anything, okay? If you're using it in the office, you just have your staff, okay, somebody can actually say, hey, we really want you to do this. When the patients hear that, they feel like you're using the information to improve care. And it actually is decision support from day one. If an orthopedic surgeon's using it in their office, we don't have time to ask the perfect questions. We just kind of assume they're symptomatic. And we know the story that x-rays of arthritis don't correlate with symptoms always. But you can get any patient to get a knee replacement if you pop up their end-stage arthritis. But you don't want to operate on that person who doesn't have symptoms because they're not going to feel better afterwards. And you do want to operate on the, the one that's afraid of getting a surgery, but has horrible symptoms. This helps you operate on the ones who need it and not operate on the ones who don't. The data informs care all the way through. I'm not answering all of your questions. <laughs> but it's, it's an interesting question, Mark. It's like you've, you've really pointed out how useful it can be to triage because you have 15 minutes, you're going to make a quick decision, but this information can add additional value. Gamification is something we spoke about at last year's Doc SF. We had a person who works in the gaming industry kind of speak to us, and that, that, that is still very much in line. And he talked about the massive business model. 
And the idea of integrating a feedback loop into the care model is something that you've obviously done well. So as you've used it, what do you find the key elements of that? Because I know what I've heard elsewhere, but what do you find to be most useful to drive patients to continue to engage with your platform? Yeah, I think the fitness tracker-like experience is really important and it has to be understandable. Like PRO data is just not, even the doctors can't really understand it. One scale is from five to 42. The next one is a negative 1.46 theta value. You know, like, what does any of that mean? You have to hire a statistician to write the paper, right? Because you don't really know what's happening here. So we've done a lot of math, but it's just math to take the raw data and more than one PRO to come up with a condition score, really for every condition in medicine, and then make that into something that is understandable instantly to the clinician and patient alike. And then bring in, like I was saying before, all the medical record endpoints, medications, procedures, diagnoses, implants, whatever, plot them on the patient's timeline in the past and in the future, and then show how their symptoms and quality of life have changed over time. And they start to realize, oh, I stopped physical therapy and I'm worse. And then when I start physical therapy, I get better. I guess I should go back into physical therapy, right? Or whatever the case may be. You know, I did a a research project where we gave people sensors all over the place and some of them just come back and now I've lost that one. I haven't plugged it in, but there's one that they always wore. And And they're like, why is this the one? So I can understand what it's telling me. Is it synthetic? Yeah, absolutely. Making the output understandable to the user is massively important. I love what you did there with that percentage score. I have one last question. Were you here this morning when I spoke about the mobility outcome measure? Yes. So that idea is how do you create an objective outcome measure? But to me, it's only half the equation. The other half is the patient's perception of wellness. Now, we as physicians like, I don't want to be rated on the patient's perception of the work I did because so many variables go into beyond the surgery. So I think we'll address that with the objective measure of function. But what do you think of that idea? Yeah, having both of those. So patient-reported outcome measures are actually objective. Okay. The reason they're objective is because they've been validated in the medical literature, compared against other ways to determine an outcome, MRI change, x-ray change, lab value change, physical exam change. And if they don't correlate, they throw them out and write new questions. This has been happening for the last 135 years. So that number is something real, as long as you have an unbiased sampling of patients and good follow-up, okay? Which is not always the case. Like you talk to AJRR, their follow-up rates are really bad across the board. So we need to do a better job of getting real fair and real data. And then you have to have the confounding factors to correlate it with. Then all the other data is also interesting though, why not bring in some sort of a mobility number but the way you validate the mobility number is by comparing it to the patient report outcome measure. Because the medical literature, like that is kind of Western medicine at this point, right? For right. every condition in medicine. Thank you so much, Justice yeah. Holland. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Digital Orthopedics Podcast from the Digital Orthopedics Conference San Francisco at UCSF. If you find the talks as incredibly informative and topical as we do, please share them. Share this podcast with your friends and leave us a nice review on your podcast player of choice. It would mean a lot to us if you did.